Want to cut cooling bills without cutting comfort? Lower utility costs and enjoy cool and consistent comfort with a highly efficient air conditioner from Luxair. With Luxair's consumer rebate program, educators, nurses, first responders, military personnel, and veterans can enjoy exclusive rebates on qualifying purchases of Luxair equipment. To learn more, call G-Team Mechanical at 765-376-3042 or visit gteamhvac.com. They'll recommend a system tailored to your home that provides comfort, energy savings, and lasting performance. This is Trackside with Kirk Cavan and Kevin Lee, brought to you by Luxair Premium Residential Systems, a smart choice in home comfort, on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Al Unser Jr. has the lead. One more turn to go. Here they come. Coming to the finish line. Bob Jenkins, who's going to win it? The checkered flag is out. Goodyear makes a move. Little Al wins by just a few tenths of a second. Perhaps the closest finish in the history of the Indianapolis 500. Here he comes, the National Guard machine with J.R. Hildebrand out along the white line. He is sputtering slow and he hits the wall. He hits the wall coming out of four. Will he have enough to cross the yard of bricks? Here comes, here comes J.R. Hildebrand. He will cross in front of the flag stand with the checkered flag waving the right side of the car destroyed. He finishes the race with the damaged race car. Who will win? Who is the winner? Well done, of the Indian- Dan Weldon. Is Weldon. Dan Weldon has won the race. Hello, welcome Trackside 93.5-1075 The Fan in Indianapolis as the month of May rolls on and Trackside nightly for one hour every night leading up to the 107th Indianapolis 500. Followed by Beyond the Bricks with Mike Thompson and Jake Query coming up at 8 o'clock looking at the nostalgia. I believe I saw a uh, focus on the legendary Sid Collins, the original voice of the 500, coming up tonight after we're done. Much to get into. More from Barber Motorsports Park looking ahead to the GMR Grand Prix, Indianapolis 500. And uh, a lot of tweets have come in at Kevin Lee 23 at Kurt Cavan. We continue to celebrate the greatest race in the world. And um, we were in a hustle to get things going. I just barely made it on time. So I'll just open up with uh, people enjoy my follies in the world. And I didn't share with you, Kurt, before we got started because we want to get into it. Um, And maybe all of this will lead to a new partner, either a, a title sponsor for the Burger Bash or maybe a sponsor for Jackson Lee Racing. Luckily today, I found time to go down to the basement late this afternoon and try to get a workout in. And you take the last step and splash. Oh, boy. Yeah, about three, four inches of water in, in the basement that's oh, probably, no. probably been there since Thursday, since the last time anyone was in the basement. So a preemptive thank you. And hopefully, and and if I walk away, that's because someone's at the front door. Uh, they're working late tonight. And hopefully Peterman Brothers Heating and Cooling is on the way to work on the sump pump and Hazen Sons restorations. We've got to call into them uh, because I think we're going to have a new basement. I believe it's all toast. So we'll see what kind of insurance we have. And you got that going on for you. So it's not as fun as losing your keys on a track run uh, at Sebring and finding them two yards off the racing line the next day intact. I don't think the basement is going to be intact. So there you go. Well, the one time my basement flooded, I had lost or in the middle of that water was my phone book with every 
IndyCar and IU <laughs> basketball phone number. It was just a paper phone book and it had gotten soaked and all the pages were, I mean, these were great phone numbers, you know, as you build them up through the years pre, you know, having them in your computer. And someone recommended that I put it in the oven and I cooked it in the oven for about 20, 30 minutes and all the pages dried out. It was perfect. I still use that book. <laughs> uh, you might want to put them digitally at some point. Maybe yeah, I know. I, I, another... I started but putting you know them what? in We my... can lose that too. Things crash and you lose those. There is. So sometimes paper is the best way. I guess you need both uh, both avenues. All right, let's get into it. Uh, there's still more to, to cover from uh, Barber from over the weekend. You know, I didn't, we didn't really talk about a, a lot was Romain Grosjean finishing second for the fifth time in IndyCar. I looked this up. Actually, I had Russ Thompson, our statistician, look it up. But I wanted to know how many times he's finished second since that last win, which was in GP2 back in, I think, 2011. And I believe it was two times in Formula One. Uh, Yeah, two times he finished second in Formula One. So now five times in IndyCar. And I just had a feeling going in that he was going to finish second again. I I thought it was going to be Pelot, though. I thought Pelot was going to have the strongest car. Uh, I didn't think, just guessing that it was going to be the Penske. So I'm wondering how Romain Grosjean is feeling at this point. It's great. It's going good. He's had a chance to win all four races, but it starts to get a little bit old. It might be old. I don't think he's as stressed about it, perhaps, as our statistics would suggest. I mean, you think about a guy like Vitor Mira finishing second as many times as he did. You know, if your career ended and that's how it ended with all these second-place finishes, I don't think Ramon's got any any concern that at some point he's he's not going to win a race. He, I think he believes that, and he should believe that. He has been, as we discussed last night on the show – just a reminder, every night this week talking about IndyCar racing and the Indianapolis 500, but I think he realizes he's been the best car and driver combination through the first four races of the season. He's going to win a race. He's mature enough to know that, you know, it isn't one winner and 26 losers. I mean, second place is still a win for him. He's going to, you know, what is he, fourth, fifth in the championship? He's in championship contention. He's like 12, 15 points out of the lead. He's he's ha- having a good year. I just don't think he's as stressed about it as we will make it out to be from the outside, you know, piling up these numbers. Having said that, I think if he finishes with several more bouts with Scott McLaughlin and doesn't win one of those here or there, that may get a little stressful. And he's going to want to win a race, obviously. But I think almost every driver would take finishing second five or six more times this season. That's still a pretty good, pretty good haul. Yes, but I think he's stressed about it. He's 37 years old. He hasn't won in uh, a dozen years, Uh, you know, and there is no guarantee that the next opportunity is going to come. He only had one or two chances to have, he has one or two chances to win a race previously in IndyCar. Now he's had some, and you start to wonder, I would at least, how many times do things work out when you're in position to win? And that's potentially been at least twice this season. Uh, So stressed about it, but yes, you're right. Feels a lot better. And that's the way probably by the time he gets to Monday, he feels about it. Boy, I'm, I'm pretty happy to be second and in the fight 
and confident going to a track where I've been great at than had I finished fifth or eighth or like he was most of last year, somewhere in the teens. So all good for him. And, and you mentioned some of the stats. So Scott Richard sent me these uh, and Vitor Mir was everybody's first guess. And Russ Thompson tweeted these as well. Um, his fifth, the most second place finishes before their first career win, also five by Poncho Carter, most without a win ever, Vitor Mira. Scott had this, if you really want to go back, Dave Lewis, eight runner-ups from 1913 through 1919. He did win a race in July of 1919, so Vitor still has the most without a win. Jeff Brabham had six runner-ups in the 80s, did not win. Russ Snowberger, I am not familiar with his work, had five runner-up finishes in the late 20s and early 30s, did not win. Same for Manny Aulo in the 50s before he won at Darlington. And then Ra- Raul Boisel, who we do remember. I am familiar with Raul Boisel. He finished uh, second five times between 92 and 94 and did not have a win. Uh, let's talk about Grosjean now. And one of the things that's been a talking point coming into the season, and we got into this a week or so ago, that, you know, in our opinion, things were going fine. Out of contract at the end of the year, he was doing what he needed to do to show that he was worthy. And you don't have until midseason, generally speaking. You need to get it going early. And even before this race, Racer.com asked Michael Andretti about that, whether he was encouraged to renew his contract. And he said that's a discussion for the month of May or so, which goes back to why it's not a midseason thing. And by the way, we are now in the month of May. But yes. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That was a quote from Grosjean. My contract runs out at the end of the year, so you want to do a good job. Also, I think what we've seen this year is the fruit of what we did last year uh, and so on. And then somewhere in there, I remember seeing a quote from Michael Andretti that I did not cut and paste, but Michael's was, his comment was essentially, yes, it's progressing in the right direction. Didn't say it was done, but yeah, we're interested in having Grosjean back for next year, which is no surprise. Well, I think if you look at the options for Grosjean, I mean, where would he go that is a better situation than he's now established at Andretti? I can't find one, at least in this series. Uh, Then secondly, you look at Michael Andretti's perspective, and could he get maybe somebody else that's, you know, on the on the rise, if you will, a young guy, but I don't see a young guy that he doesn't already have. Go ahead, finish. He, and I'll give you well, some names. maybe there might be some names, <laughs> but but I'm saying that that would be a pretty good one. So it really is going to come down to what's the price point. You know, how much does Grosjean want, and what does it take to get you know some of the other ones? I, the other thing I would say that if if I'm Michael Andretti, and I know the money from Devlin DiFrancesco is is a sponsored car, but if I was going to replace one, that might be where I went as a team, unless I couldn't raise the money elsewhere. And so Michael even even confirmed that in that racer story, basically saying that's open, you know, and we'll make a decision on. He said we'll make a decision on that car later on in the summer. So yes, the funding that would be available, that's currently available, is part of the equation. But what if uh, Dan Towers, who is now, you know, now it's confirmed that he's not just a sponsor; he has equity in the team. If he and Group One Thousand One and Gainbridge. And Delaware Life, which was on Grosjean's car, there, there are a lot of arms of the Group 1001 company. What if they decide, you know what, um, we've got some budget, we're going to go ahead and upgrade there, and we're going to go get the best available. So yes, I think you're right. 
So from the Grosjean standpoint, no, I don't think there was any chance of him leaving unless he was disinvited. That is his best option that was going to be available. Um, you know, yes, I suppose if he wins the Indy 500, you know, if he has a great season, there there might be someone else, especially with his worldwide notoriety, that might come calling. So it's not a no-brainer. It's not as if he would not have any options if he has a great season. But I expect that to get done. And I, I think when he's offered, if it continues to go well, I, I don't suspect he'll look too much elsewhere. If a good offer is there, he's going to say, yep, I'm in a good spot. We're all happy now. We continue. Um, but when you when we talk about could there be someone else with pedigree out there, might I suggest Marcus Erickson? And if indeed Marcus Erickson is required to raise the budgets to operate that car next year, and if so, so one theory on that would be, uh, I think we all agree that he's deserving just just simply be hired, winning races, leading the championship a lot, winning the Indy Five Hundred. Um, but obviously the budget is there. Someone has been providing that for Marcus Erickson, which is significantly less than used to be required to run in Formula One. And it might be a game of chicken. It, it, it might be, hey, he's got it. And this is the best seats available, the best car right now that is available to him because there's no room at the end in Penske. Uh, so if I'm Chip Ganassi Racing and if I don't find a sponsor for him, you might say, I'm going to take my chances that he's going to want to continue to win races. And let's explain sometimes how drivers bringing budget works financially. That doesn't mean that they're just handing all that money over the team. That often can include their salary. And part of that budget is to pay their salary. And they can take a significant chunk of that and still do quite well in that scenario. So... It's probably not a guarantee that he's just offered to drive, bring your helmet. So if that's the case, if you're Andretti Autosport, uh, remember one of the conversations before this year, this is the first time ever, they've not had an Indy 500 winner, or the first time in a long, long time. Maybe. First time, at, first time since... Well, I guess since Dan left. Dan left after he won in 05. Dario left after he won in 07, um, but whatever. First time in a little while. They haven't had an Indy 500 winner on the roster, which I think is important. There is an Indy 500 winner and a championship contender that is a free agent. So I would start from that perspective, from the veteran aspect. And if you want to go young, you've got David Malukas. You've got Callum Eilat. I don't know what Marcus Armstrong's scenario is, whether he has a one-year deal. I suspect Chip Ganassi has an option on him that if he wants him to return next year, that he's going to be back. But those are the names that, that most come to mind. Uh, maybe Alinus Lundquist. If you've got budget, maybe you put him in a test and next to Colton Herta, and let's see how fast you are, because we're hiring. Yeah, so, there's I, my theories. I, no, I think I think your theory on Erickson has has merit. I just don't think when, when the game of chicken is played, and you've been around Erickson a little more than I have. I've been around him a fair amount. I, I think what I would take from Erickson is, yes, the, the the money payment thing is sticks in his craw a little bit. Not as much maybe as it might with some people. Some drivers might take that a little more personally than he does. I think he also realizes, though, what a great team this is. You know, I just... Which I take, might be why there's no paid drive available, because the other side understands that. Yeah. 
So I, I think he, you know, if the, if the Indy 500 goes even like we think it should with the Ganassi team, whether he wins it or they win it is is immaterial, really. They'll, they'll be a strong program. I think that's going to be a very difficult thing to turn down. So I don't know that I would give it great odds that he would leave for Andretti, but if Dan Towers and the decision was that it's going to be a big signing, I mean a big, big signing, you might have to think about it. Erickson's doing okay on money. I mean, we all want more money, but but uh, I don't know. I've not you found know, the person yet that doesn't want more money. Understood, understood, <laughs> and and that's that's speaking, you know, very, you know, much off cuff from. It's not his perspective. I'm probably presenting, but but I think it would be tough to leave the Ganassi program unless it, it was be. just a lot of money. Yeah, um, but it might be easier. If Andretti continues to have great cars, well, every I think weekend. that's a deciding. And, and here's factor. the thing: so, so if you're Marcus Erickson and you're raising budget, um, that may not go away. That may just go straight into your pocket moving forward with personal sponsorships, and then you still get a salary from the team and on it. So, I would just say, and, and I'll go back to what I said on Peacock the other day. I think Erickson will remain at Ganassi. But I do not know that, and I would not predict that. I don't know whether it's 60-40, 70-30, but I just think it is worth bearing. And uh, I, I love the format of this uh, the docu-series, 100 Days to Indy, building up to the Indy 500. But here's a scenario where the Drive to Survive format can work better. I wish someone was taping and doing behind-the-scenes stuff all year long that Everyone is promised this will not see the light of day until next December or January when everything is sorted. I want to know what those discussions are. Can you imagine knowing what was going on behind the scenes with Alex Pillow last year? So when we get to season two of that, uh, I'd love for 100 Days to Indy to be rebranded and help fill up our offseason so I'm hoping this goes well, and we'll we'll get to Vice in a moment. That's one of our Twitter questions. But I hope this goes well. And they keep on rolling from June through the end of the season. And there is a part two that fills up our wintertime in December, January, and February. Fair enough. Let me let me throw this at you. You mentioned uh, Callum Eilat, which I think is a very real possibility. You mentioned David Malukas. I, I see that maybe less of a possibility, but it could be a possibility. But let me throw this at you. If they won an Indy 500 winner, why wouldn't they at least bark at the tree of Elio Castroneves? Uh, that was something that was at least discussed last year. He hasn't had a great year and a half with Meyer Shank Racing, aside from the Indy 500 win back in 2021. But um, would you not consider that as a possibility for your fourth car? I doubt it full time. I doubt it too, but I'm saying, but it could be also a fifth car, you know, an Indy 500 car too. So they should know what Elio has because they're sharing information and the Andretti engineers um, probably know whether Meyer Shank is doing something else wrong or if the drivers are just stumbling or a combination. And, it, and it's always a combination of things. You know, there's a pit stop that goes awry here, uh, but it's not going well for either driver, both Indy 500 winners, both close to many championships, and Pagano has one. 
you know, you could throw Pagano in that same category. Would you would you think about him at this standpoint? I think they would be more likely to go young from a full-time basis than they would with Elio. Now, if you're talking one-off situation uh, for an extra 500 seat, then Elio should be at the top of everyone's list. If he is not back full-time with Meyer Shank next year, I would assume that they would create a third car for the Indy 500, and he would either go back to sports car racing full-time or be their endurance driver and then start filling a Tony Kanaan-type role where he is at the track as an ambassador, where he's not busy trying to prepare to drive a race. And I would argue that he might have more value and should not take a pay cut to do that. Agree with all those things. I, I just thought his name is probably, he's probably more likely to be available than Pagano. And secondarily, Michael, as as we discussed even a year ago, Michael and, and Elio had some it seemed, at least to us, have some conversation about a ride. If they did, I've forgotten that. Now, I know we threw that out there, and I'm sure I threw that out there because I've always been a champion of Elio as you know, silly season fodder. But if there was some something of that, I've forgotten it. So I'm not aware of that. So maybe you remember something that I'm not remembering. Well, we'll have to I'll have to dig into that here in the next couple of weeks as okay. I see more of Elio. <laughs> uh okay so there's that what else do we want to get to um i i almost tweeted a picture of this walking down the grid and, and luckily others i knew others would find it but as i'm walking down the grid i see all of new gardens crew wearing skin colored t-shirts yeah as the entire paddock continues to make fun uh and i don't think new garden cares about it because that was the point he knew that was going to be the case uh sage Karam took a lot of grief a few years ago, but when you've won two championships and a lot of races, it's easier to take that grief. So there's no shirts for Joseph. It's, I think, all part of the master marketing plan for the new Garden brand at this point to be as shirtless as often as he can be. Well, there's a there's a difference between a between a young kid, you know, a really young kid like you know Will Levis on the NFL side taking off his shirt and taking selfies of himself and Joseph Newgarden is just a Greek god he really is uh <laughs> so that, that I don't have as much problem with that when the dude's 30 some years old and a dad and, and still looks like that uh I'll take that by the way cleaning up something from yesterday we talked about McLaughlin uh being behind Joseph in yesterday's race I did go back and look it up they took pit stops on lap 13 and lap 15 and it really took uh until well it was a good 10 12 15 laps that that uh, McLaughlin ran behind Joseph. Joseph was turning pretty good laps uh, until he later pitted, and and that's what got McLaughlin ahead of Joseph. Uh, But he did – McLaughlin was behind Joseph for a long period of time in the first half of the race. I just went back and dug that out. That was part of our conversation from last night. And that's what Joseph mentioned too, uh, reading the notes afterwards, that the car actually was pretty decent on new tires. But then as they – war it got worse and worse to the point where it was really evil from from that standpoint other things as i went back and get through social media and and uh watch the race again uh i hope people stayed long enough for the post-race show to see, see the shot of scott mclaughlin taking a picture with a couple of kids that were showing on camera while diff is talking and you know they finished posing for the picture and he fist bumps one kid and goes to give a fist bump to the other kid and he 
he di- disses him. He turns and walks away. And he's wearing a Grosjean 28 DHL shirt. <laughs> and Scott McLaughlin is so funny. He just has a wonderful personality and a way about him, the way he plays that. He doesn't know he's on TV. And he so he fist bumps himself and moves on to the next guy. So you got to look that up. There's some video on social media and on our post-race show of that. Uh, I've been saying this. You know, I know I know people when he got here were annoyed. And some of this came from from Diff. Diff has known McLaughlin for a long time. And more importantly, he knew people as an Australian from Australia that vouched for him and said, I'm telling you, this guy's not just a great supercars driver. He is a unique and special talent, and he's going to figure this out. Penske doesn't hire people with no experience without knowing something. And that's why we all touted McLaughlin, and that's why there's a very good chance I'm wrong, but that's why I said he's my championship pick going into this season. This guy's a special talent, and maybe in some ways I root for this because I think he's easy to like. He's unique. He's creative. He's not going to be boring, even if he wins five races in a row. I love the question during the uh, post-practice on Friday when it. I think you asked him this. Uh, someone did ask him. I did. You know, yeah, it was me. What about uh, we caught you on camera giving uh, the salute, uh, the one-finger salute to maybe one, maybe two guys, you know, and he was very sheepish in his response. And most drivers or many athletes, I should say, would have responded with something to the effect of they deserved it. I, you know, this is what they did to me. This is how they wronged me. And he was great with his response. That's another one that if you have a chance to catch that on the various social channels, his response was more like, yeah, didn't really mean that. You know, they, I gave it in the moment. Personally to heat of the battle. Yeah. yeah, We're all good. No, he even called him out by name. He said, you know, we all good. (laughs) And that was, that was, you know, that's why guys like us who have spent time with Scott, uh, you know, really have enjoyed him because he's, he's just funny and he's funny in a very likable, normal, normal, I think is a better word for it. Very normal uh, way. I just, can't wait to watch this. Uh, it's not the best brothers per se that I'm interested in watching. I'm watching the dynamic between Joseph and Scott as Scott becomes more and more cemented as a contender in this sport uh, to see how how that relationship either changes or blossoms or perhaps goes the other direction. Some other uh, notes that I have from over the weekend, and I'm curious what else you have. Uh, we didn't mention the Barber extension, which is great news. Not not unexpected. Things are going well. I assumed it would continue, but you always like to hear the confirmation that they uh, have signed an extension to guarantee, what, four more years through 27. That Now, that is somewhat newsworthy. Normally, these are two years or so at a time. So to say it goes through 27 is really, really good stuff. And then... um I guess it was last week I touched on some things that I had read out of a local report. I cited the source from a website last week. I've deleted and don't have it about the Nashville race with quotes that, you know, all's looking good. It's staying downtown. So that was new information that we'll figure it out. And we're already talking with IndyCar uh, about extending that. Then the next day, so I think it was last Wednesday, there was a board meeting. Oh, and one of the other things I said is, you know, I don't know when this uh, football stadium is going to get started. Well, there's been some more news on that that was uh, sent out last Wednesday that the new Titans stadium, they're planning 
to break ground in the fall of 23 this year. So that would impact the 24 race if that happens. Um, oh, I'm sorry. You know, that was, I'm reading a Nathan Brown tweet. That was the original plan. Now they're breaking ground mid 24. And when they say mid 24, that could get pushed back just like the last one. So I don't think it's still guaranteed that the 24 race would be impacted. However, if they're planning on doing that mid 24, you know, you got to start this fall planning somewhere else. So if that, unless that gets pushed back by September, then we're probably needing a new layout for the race starting next year and probably for three years. But the good news is they say they already have it. And Hey, let's face it. It wasn't a fantastic, and this is not a knock on Tony Cotman at all because Tony Cotman did a great job with what was available to him because you have to deal with the layout and the footprint that's there. But it's not like this was, when you look at all races, an awesome racetrack. It's it's what it is. It's how you do street races. They're not going to be perfect racetracks, uh, so they can make it work. They'll figure it out. It won't be great, but it might be entertaining. And while hardcores have not cared for that race and call it a bleep show, and uh, some have said it needs to be abandoned, well, they're wrong, because commercially it's a good race. And as long as it's commercially a good race... We can suck it up for one that is aesthetically not as pleasing as some of the others. Uh, and I say this as someone not paying for crash damage for that race. Luckily, junior formula cars do not go there. And I would have a very different thought if that was the case. <laughs> my, 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 how the uh, perspective on on uh, certain topics change when, when your pocketbook is uh, impacted. Well, it, it just does. it Because most people would just say, not worried about the other things, but I am uh, cognizant of sure. you know, Dale Coyne is writing a big check when his cars crash. And sometimes that's just out of his pocket and some other owners are the same way. Or it means that what well, probably just takes away from profit margin from some of the owners that are well-sponsored, you know, you don't have crash damage. That means that stays in our pocket and we have a better Christmas party this year. Hey, you saw the impact of uh, four crashes at St. Petersburg on Michael Andretti and his uh, the way he dropped his head and pulled pulled on his hair and mm-hmm. and anguished. I mean, you lose four cars, um, even the even the big boys that hurts. Uh, also, I don't think I got to this last week either. We always get a lot of questions on Milwaukee. Adam Stern of Sports Business Journal tweeted last week that because they had a, a press availability promoting their they have a truck event this year a nascar truck series event and they're doing some upgrades to make sure that it's nascar prepared which is going to mean that it's that's indycar capable as well uh bob Sargent, who i think a lot of people know has been in the motorsports business as a promoter for a long time track enterprises is the company that he's with uh on talks with indycar everyone's just in the curious mode right now even the nascar level we have a couple more levels to look at there anything's possible the right things have to fall in place that doesn't tell us anything new in that quote, um, but at least it's, no, we're not interested. We talked and it's not going to work. Well, uh, I saw a story in the in the Milwaukee paper from Dave Coleman, a longtime journalist. Yep. Uh, he made that story and Bob Sargent had a quote, basically, if I'm paraphrasing, but I think this is the way he said it. You know, we're talking to four different groups. We'd like to have four events. You do the math, you know, who um, who we'd be talking to. So. Obviously, IndyCar would be in the discussion. Fight, might even be, you know, really high in the discussion based on the history of the event at Milwaukee. But 
you know, a lot of room to go, but it is nice that there is progress up there. Well, I just hope if, and when that does happen, you know, everyone's been asking for it. Um, realistically, it has not gone well recently. And I thought the Andretti group put a lot of effort into that. And I'm going to guess there were 15,000 people there. Yep. So I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if it's date or, you know, you just say market it. Well, you know, it's a different way of marketing than it used to be. So everyone that asks for that event, if it does happen, we need everyone to come to that event and make sure it works and make sure that that encourages. And, and what has happened, people have been going to Worldwide Technology Raceway. Uh, people have been going to Iowa. That helps encourage someone that, okay, maybe we can do this in Milwaukee as well. Uh, did you see the new homes for our troops livery for Santino oh. Ferrucci with ABC Supply again from yesterday? Beautiful car. Beautiful car. Red, white, and blue. Great cause. We highlighted that last year on the show. We did something on Carb Night with uh, some of their leadership and, and one of the people that it's benefited who uh, was a service man who happened to drive and win in race cars, Liam Dwyer, who I knew a little bit before. But, you know, they essentially build homes for veterans that have suffered injuries and raise money. And ABC Supplies essentially donated most of the side of the race car for that and some of the key people associated with AJ Foyt Racing are matching a lot of the donations. So we'll we'll get into more of that probably as we move closer, but mostly it's always good to see a young American driving a red, white, and blue race car at the Indy 500. Yep. Wouldn't have, would have liked to seen J.R. Hildebrand in the Indy 500, but I'll, uh, I'll take this arrangement just fine. Did you, s so I almost said so. I think I was given some information internally, so I'll, I'll save that uh, <laughs> somewhere else. I think I was on an email list of something. So I'll just say this. You might see J.R. Hildebrand driving something. You know, he's always got things in the work. So I'll just tease it at that and uh, let them announce the news if it's not already been announced. Maybe it has, and I forgot. But then I just remembered, you know, I think that was something that might have been just sent to me. So I won't say what it is. But, you know, J.R. always has projects going on. And I'm sad, too, he's not in the Indy 500 this year. But I would not say his Indy 500 career was done. He's always at least for the next few years, going to be on the short list of people that you start thinking about if you have budget. And I'm going to guess he's still working on budget options, too, moving forward. Uh, up next, we get to the news of the day. It includes Indy 500-related items. And we'll get to your tweets and more all coming up. Trackside 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is Trackside, brought to you by Luxair Premium Residential Systems, a smart choice in home comfort on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, what's up, uh, IndyCar fans? This is uh, NASCAR driver Kyle Larson, but uh, here at the race shop in Indianapolis, um, still a long ways out for my debut in IndyCar, but we're here pouring a seat insert, so that's been a fun process. Uh, old teammate of mine, Tony Kanaan, uh, is here helping out, so it's been nice to catch up with him. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll take a look at my insert, and um, it's got a cure overnight, but uh, this is it. 
nice little little bucket for a little fella but um, no excited excited about it look forward to the opportunity and um, just hoping we, hoping we can have a good month of May in 2024. Kyle Larson, courtesy of Arrow McLaren uh, Social Media today, in the race shop. And we'll make that our Circle City Raceway news of the day. Circle City Raceway is back with a new clay racing surface. The Circle City Raceway Friday night at the dirt track is this Friday. 410 Steel Block Sprints, UMP Modifieds, Ford Crown Vic, Super Stocks, and Pure Stocks. Tickets just $15 for 13 to 64, 12 and under free, military, first responders, vets, seniors, teachers, 12 bucks. Circle City Raceway at the Marion County Fairgrounds, circlecityraceway.com. And just like Nathan Brown at the Indianapolis Star tweeted today, he said, I thought I read or heard, and maybe he heard from me, because I thought I read or heard, actually I would have thought I read, that he had already been in the shop. Um, so maybe it was the original seat fit, and and oftentimes it does take multiple seat pourings to get it exactly right and it needs to be perfect but whatever it was good to see kyle larson sitting in an indy car with uh tony canon they're helping him and getting prepared for 2024 we saw a picture by the way this is an aero mclaren thing but we saw a picture of the 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 transporter for Kanan's car. And it looks like, you know, it's got like a six and a zero coming down. Have you seen that? I mean, I don't understand what that is. 60 is Simon Pagano. What, what is the reference uh, it has to, to? It has to do with their, I should have the news release in front of me, but I believe that stands for, is it six? Are we at to 60 years of the forming of McLaren? Could be, that could be. But, but I, I know that's what their liveries. I apologize for not having that in front of me. I had it at the open test in my notes, but each car represents, you know, I think Felix's each car represents one's an Indy 500 winner with Rutherford. Another is a Lamar winner. Another is a formula one winner. So they've all, they've won the triple crown. So that's what it, and then I believe Kanan's livery is symbolic of the entire program, which is probably why it has the 60, um, 60 years. I was told there'd be no math tonight. So we'd be talking, yeah, nineteen sixty-three. I, I think that is right, but yeah, maybe that's. I, it's not. It's not clear. It, I mean, it, I had to think about it. So subtle is more fun. Make you think. Make you ask questions, and then you get extra coverage for such things by not making it just obvious like that. Uh, a couple of other things, news of the day related. I think it's somewhat newsworthy that longtime Chevy man, recent Honda IndyCar driver Jimmy Johnson will now be driving potentially a Toyota. Certainly he's a part owner of a Toyota program. His Legacy Motor Club announced today it's switching manufacturers from Chevy to Toyota starting next season. Eric Jones, Noah Gregson, their regulars. And if Jimmy does part-time again, he'd be driving a Toyota. So you can forget about him driving a Honda next year. I, I think that was done and gone. I think if he was going to do the Indy 500 again, it was going to be this year. And when it did not come together this year, unfortunately, I don't believe Jimmy Johnson will do the Indy 500 again. I, I agree with that. Uh, we have seen some crossover of manufacturers, obviously. But um, I, I wouldn't expect this one. I mean, if they're a Toyota program and they don't they don't play as well with Honda. And, and- I don't even think that's necessarily the reason why. No, I don't, I, I don't, I don't either. Even before this, I did not think he was going to do the Indy 500 again. I think this was his window when he was comfortable and would have felt like he would have had a chance to win the race or at least run up front. Takes a year away. He kind of has to start all over again. And and he's he's busy. I think that's what he most wanted to be is 
you know, nobody when they're in their mid to late 40s wants to just sit around all the time. So he needed challenges. And now his challenge is helping to run a race team, be one of the front men of a race team, and then still driving occasionally. And by the way, he's doing Le Mans this year. That's in a Chevrolet. That's fine. I also think if he wanted to do the Indy 500 again in a Chevrolet, they'd be fine with that. Honda? No. No, Toyota and Honda are, are not going to work well together. Uh, TV news? Only certain part of us are all, only interested in that, but this is newsworthy, and it potentially down the road, it impacts IndyCar because IndyCar's television partner is also a NASCAR television partner, and the uh, non-exclusive window expired, I think, the last day in April uh, for NBC and Fox. That's how those usually work. So now it is open to others. And Adam Stern of Sports Business Journal reported yesterday that NASCAR execs are now taking meetings with a host of digital media companies. Uh, after the exclusive negotiating window with Fox and NBC ended, NASCAR could look to carve out a midsummer package for a digital company. And he later, and I read the story, uh, it does say that it's expected that Fox and NBC will continue. I think that's good for IndyCar. I, I think I'm obviously biased on this front, but I think NBC has been a good partner. And I think they are likely to stay interested if they have other motorsports properties like NASCAR. So it looks like, and by the way, the contracts, I think, expire at the same time, I think. Uh, so I think that's a positive front. And this will be fascinating to watch. If NASCAR does do a digital package, meaning Amazon Prime or Apple TV or whoever uh, is exclusively airing cup races, oh, the world is going to come to an end on Twitter. <laughs> and it'll be a good, you know, it's one thing for MLS to do an exclusive deal. That's a younger demographic that is used to hurt, uh, hunting and searching for their content. I the NASCAR agree. fan isn't happy when their race is on cable. So <laughs> if it's on a streaming platform, uh, in a lot of ways, I hope this happens because there are still some smart people that think, you know what, you should be one of the first somewhat major properties to do this. You find out who really that audience is more likely to consume the advertisers products. If you can do a deal with someone YouTube TV or whatever, and get them to buy in and put it on the front page when you go to Amazon Prime or Netflix or whoever, and you see that it's there, it's instant marketing. There, So it's debatable, and I think it's challenging, but there are some people think that should be explored. I'm not sure if I'm ready for that or not. Let's let NASCAR try it out and see how it goes. <laughs> You, you certainly remember what a discussion point this was for us on our show uh, mm -hmm. just a few years back. And and uh, IndyCar wasn't ready for it at that time. And it would be it might still be a tough sell, but we'll see. Uh, OK, this came in last night right after the show. And then I'll try to get some more tweets at the end. It was someone pointing out the uh, New York Times story. Alex Kane, 1776 is the first who pointed this out. Actually, Alex Kane, 33. Hope this doesn't affect the production of 100 Days to Indy. Uh, Vice reportedly headed to bankruptcy. Vice is the parent company. And by the way, uh, you can on Vice TV see the first episode of 100 Days to Indy. I believe that starts at 9 o'clock tonight. So if you can find out where that's at. And the CW, by the way, there's an app on Roku you can download. You can watch last week's episode. The new episode is Thursday at 9. Yeah, I believe they're fine. I'm sure that's already done for this year. And from what I read of the story, uh, 
there there's still a lot of hope that just someone else is going to purchase Vice TV. They've had some other interest. And so unless you are an investor right now, it may not have much of an impact on things. But I'm doing another sit down with them tomorrow morning. So I'll ask, hey, everybody get paid today. All good. Uh, let's <laughs> hope that that goes forward. I am not one of those. I am not getting paid. I am volunteering my time for the greater good, which is fine. I think it's fun. And I'm just hoping I don't say anything that gets me in trouble. That's the we, number one goal in all this. We thought you were pretty up close and personal with the camera. A little closer on the camera than some people. Uh, yeah, I, I don't get that. I, I don't like close-ups. For, <laughs> uh, what, what, what is it? it? HD is not my friend. 4K <laughs> is not my friend. Back up. <laughs> I like that I was only on for 15 or 25 seconds because a lot of the comments from the drivers uh, off the record were, is this a show about the journalists or the drivers? Because there were a couple of journalists that were in there quite a bit. I'm quite happy to just provide really what I'm, I think I help with a little bit is just some background Intel. You know, yeah. I kind of chat with them about what's going on and, and then they can ask the drivers some of those questions. I would rather hear from the driver. So there you go. All right. We'll get to other tweets and see what we missed coming up in just a moment. Trackside 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hi, this is Joseph Newgarden, and you're listening to Trackside. Okay, final segment. Want to hit on a few tweets at Kevin Lee 23 John at JGMajor7. He says, for now at least, Grosjean is the Credence Clearwater revival of active IndyCar drivers. CCR had five singles that peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Never topped the chart. Chad Smith, Chad 200. <laughs> Last night we were talking. Everyone was saying, well, no one wins this race on three stops at Barber. He actually looked it up. By no one, that means the last two years. There are a number of drivers that won it on three. One on four. That was a rain race. Uh, but I guess what they probably meant is since they repaved the track, since the aero screen, they engineers and so forth probably only look at the same car, same type of situation. But yeah, good Good effort on that and finding the facts on that. Uh, and Paul Henry asks, what impact do you anticipate 100 days to Indy on it due to the writer's strike? I would say none. Uh, I don't believe there are any writers, and it's still going on, as mentioned. I'll be with them tomorrow. I've not, I don't think anything's scripted. It's producers making a plan and so forth, but no, I think we're all good on that. Okay, out of time, I promise. We'll start tomorrow night going back over tweets we missed and more. Uh, Beyond the Bricks, Jake and Mike are up next, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan.